Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And this week, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 13, Death is in the Air, the episode that makes us look back on the last three years of our lives and think, and think, yikes, we live that. And we still are. Was this a psych Anition? What are we calling these? Psych premonitions? I'm not really sure. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Tim. Hi, Maggie. You know, one thing before we get going, Max, you look amazing today. Oh, you just got a extra some fair faucet going on. You got a extra, you got a extra body in the hair today. I do. I, I'm noticing that in the thing. I, I don't know where it's coming from. I tried to like a new hair oil. Maybe it's that hair oil. It's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be good for you. Well, it's, look at uh, your it's, new beard, Tim. I love your. Oh, we probably shouldn't talk about that. Never mind. No, we could. I um, that's okay. It, um, you trimmed, right? It's a nice. You got a nice got little, little trim. Uh, it's. I did a little uh, grooming on the beard, and um, more importantly, um, chasing the fountain of youth. I took the gray down a notch. Yeah, but it looks the, real good. It looks real good. Thank I you, approve, my friend. And you know, you know, I love the gray. So I, I this that it looks really, really good. Which honestly is one of the reasons I, I always like to try and keep the gray. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Um, hey, you Maggie. look fantastic. Yes, I thank love... you. We've established that. I mean, I always, yeah. I never hate hearing it. No, you look, you look great. You look real good today. Yeah, yeah. You always look good, but look. I got good that today. Mabel glow. That's what it is. Um, the Mabel glow. Oh my gosh! I want to do a whole podcast about Mabel. <laughs> I just want to do this whole episode about Mabel. Okay, first off, I have to say, I feel like this episode was a bit uh, uh, re-traumatizing from the last yeah, I, few years we've had. I totally understand like, why you'd say that, yes. Yeah, I was very just uncomfortable. Just because it was just dealing with a deadly virus and or a pandemic. Although in the show it never became a pandemic, but it, it certainly was an outbreak. Yeah, like that movie outbreak. You know, it's so funny because I was thinking, like, this must have been, what, 2009? And how we could never have imagined that something like that could be real. Like, you kind of yeah, saw You movies. know what we call that on a little show, on a little um, podcast called The Psychologist Are In? We call that a psychic premonition. Yeah. The whole episode was a psychic premonition. Terrifying. I'm very worried about the zombie episode then. <laughs> well we got a few years to get to that one luckily especially with like watching the last of us oh another one about like a thing uh you know infecting us it's uh, Wait, how far how far in are you with the the last of us because I, I, I got through the pilot of pardon you're one four episodes i'm, I'm caught up okay i i only i got through the first one i wanted to go to the second one then alice was like um i don't really know if i can deal with a um mm-hmm. another post-pandemic um armageddon show mm-hmm. but i want to keep going and then turns out allison was i mean uh nora was watching it with one of her girlfriends last night after it's intense um it's intense i don't know what to i don't know what to say i i uh, i'm i'm sticking with it well you know melanie uh was in the episode the other night so um oh that's why would you want to start watching it because of melanie yeah so i that was very exciting and um, I don't want to say any more if you're going to watch it, but okay, I'm going to go back. Yeah, there's just a lot of like 
And that was also before, because that's based on a game, right? And that I think came out in 2013. So also uh, not very pre-pandemic, you know? So these ideas that these things can happen, because of course they happen, it's just, you know, you kind of, it. I, I was just thinking about like while we were making this episode, oh, this is such a great idea. How scary. <laughs> well, I've been debating whether or not to send you an article my friends just sent me about um, a new avian flu strain. No. Don't send it? No, you can send it. Okay. No, knowledge is I power. Really was like, we should, should I send know. Up? <laughs> I'll, I'll text it to you. Okay, please do. Please do. And then I'll I'll read it when I'm feeling, you know, strong and um, that I can handle such information. Okay, um, deal. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this episode um, for real, even though um, it was hang on, very, uh, I don't know. It's just uncomfortable to watch, just knowing everything we've been through. But I also found it to be a very, very funny, very I was going to say, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a funny show and a really funny episode. And you're in it. And uh, our amazing um, family's in it, all being very, very funny. Everyone is so funny in this episode. And uh, uh, I just thought some of the bits, the the um, his Gus, don't be Nick Cage's accent from Con Air. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's like a million of those in this episode. Uh, it's it's a really good episode. Um, okay, my notes are ready. Are your notes ready? My professional notes are super ready. And um, yes, hey Maggie, what are we talking about today? Well, first I want to ask you if you're ready to help me. Uh, Tim, are you ready to podcast the shit out of it? You know, Maggie, now that I have this beautiful new uh, angel baby edition in my family, Aww. adopt, don't shop everyone, obviously. I am really ready to podcast the shit out of it. Yeah. Because I have been filled with the love of a, of a baby dog. A and baby cuddles. dog. A baby dog. It's the greatest baby love. Doggy. It's the greatest love. Um, all right, then. Let's go. Episode 13, Death is in the Air. Pineapple sighting. Didn't get it, though I should have. Now where I see where it is. Um, oh. oh, I did I get this. I got a verbal. Same. It's a verbal. Yeah. It's an audible, I guess you'd call it. An audible. So at the tiki bar, Sean asks for three pineapple wedges in his club soda, but also you could see a wooden pineapple behind them in the same scene. Ah, so we double pineappled. We doubled up. We doubled up the pineapple. We doubled up. Okay, cold open. Ready? It's 1989. Henry gives young Sean an outdoor bath because he somehow contracted lice. Then Henry teaches Sean about how outbreaks spread. And when Sean earnestly asks, if using a shared towel can spread disease, Henry realizes he's next in line for lice fill. <laughs> oh, so here's a little um, Devin. insider insight, personal life. As we were shooting this episode, my kids were um, just starting kindergarten. My, my beautiful Lily and Nora. And if you've got an elementary school age child, you have no doubt experienced the joys of lice. Because there was one period of time when like every couple of weeks we would get the... um. The email from the elementary school saying lice outbreak, and then you're like, ah, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. So we um yeah. became very um adept at um looking for lice, which, by the way, has nothing to do with cleanliness. It's just one of those things that happens. Yeah. In yeah. fact, the dirtier your hair is, the less lice like it because they really? don't like they don't like the the oils in Oil. your in your dirty hair. Oh, weird! I didn't know that. So, yeah, so it's just a little fun fact. So people go, oh, people who have lice are dirty. No, it's not. That's not the truth. No. 
But, no, so we, no we, we, life we get the outbreak, and then we had to take, take the kids to a um, aid, aid establishment that would made buckets of money by combing your kids' hair out. And poor Nora had the curliest hair in the world at this time. This, oh, and then sometimes we'd have um, we'd have we do house calls. So I during remember. this this episode, this was um, this was a season where it was really good that I, that I my my crew cut because it made it so much easier to um comb the hair out. And I think oh, it was what. I think there was one week, it might have been this episode, when I, came, I came back out from LA and I was mortified that a DNR or someone was going to find lice in my, in my hair. Oh, doing no. Hair. Which luckily did not happen, but no. it, it helped it helped out of the shorter haircut. No, that does help. That does help. I remember that in grade school. If you're anything like most people, setting grand resolutions for the new year never works. It all feels so daunting. Remember my attempt at dry January? Yeah, that was too grand of a resolution for sure. Well, try this instead. Start small and think about all the little habit changes you can make one step at a time, like cleaning your leftover toothpaste out of the sink or wiping up sauce after you cook a meal. That's why Blueland is perfect, because they make it so easy to start a new low-waste lifestyle. No massive overhaul of your routine, just tiny changes that add up to a huge impact. Blueland is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet. The idea is simple. They offer beautiful, endlessly refillable cleaning products. Just fill your bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. You will never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery store run. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, Toilet bowl cleaner and laundry tablets. All Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. Try their Clean Essentials Kit, which has everything you need to get started. Three bottles of cleaner plus a bottle of hand soap. Comes in this beautiful light scents, such as iris agave, fresh lemon, and eucalyptus mint. They're insanely beautiful, you guys. Like, I have to say, I'm a sucker for beautiful packaging. And it is, it's so beautiful. It smells so good. And the ease, also like having so many bottles and so many things like wherever you put, mine's under my sink, um, this just cleans it all up. So it actually helps like declutter. I can't say enough about it. I really, really love this stuff. Blueland has a special offer just for the psychologists are in listeners. Get 15% off your first purchase of any product to get you and your year started right. I already posted about Blueland on the Psych Instagram because I am such a big fan of this company. Blueland's products are so eco-safe and eco-chic. The bottles look great on my counter. I don't even feel the need to hide them. I really don't. I really don't. I've been leaving them out. People have asked me about them. They're so cute. They're cute minimalist and pastel designs look great with whatever aesthetic you're rocking in your home. Plus, they offer laundry and dish care. I think my favorite part of this company is that you buy the bottle once and you can just refill it forever. It's true. It's just so easy and all without the plastic waste, which is so good. To get 15% off your first order, go to blueland.com slash pineapple that's 15 percent off your first order right now when you go to blueland.com slash pineapple that's blueland.com slash pineapple uh cut back to present day a woman stumbles around a local convenience store early in the morning in what seems to be a drunken state then sean and gus take a stroll by the water as sean brags about his single man lifestyle Always dressing like it's tailgate season, season, eating stinky food, TiVoing whatever he wants on television, and of course, his favorite ringtone is back. 
Feel free to sing the song if you choose. <laughs> well done, Devin. No, I don't think I'm going to. Tim? I will not. Uh, thanks, no. Thanks, no. Um, but thank you for the option, Devin. Always, always give the option. Thank you. Okay, Jules then runs into Sean and Gus. Oh, hang on, sorry. Before yeah. you interrupt, a massive three minutes and six seconds before the Ray of Sunshine, Maggie Lawson, Juliet O'Hara walks on screen. And I say that's six seconds too damn long. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. That's but they so go nice. from like this uh, this dark scene about stinky breath to um, yeah. Suddenly, O'Hara shows up in her burnt pomegranate top Pepto Drink family. Knock it back, everybody! <laughs> I You're saw welcome. that. I was like, oh, that's a we're we're in the we're in the fam. Um, I was trying to think if I had a note on the scene. I don't. Okay, so I'm going on a date, right? Yep. So Richard from Forensics, that's right, meeting Guy for coffee. That's when Sean teases him about his giant ears, and Gus calls out the fact that Sean is jealous and that Sean should finally do something about his feelings for Jules. Back at the psych office, the guys meet Donnie Lieberman as he sleeps in one of the chairs. Raising my hand for those of you who are not watching. Uh-huh. Um, there was one of my favorite lines in this episode. We, we crossed over. Where um, Sean says to... um. Gus, don't be, um, don't use your, um, ain't going to fall for no banana the tailpipe line <laughs> every time you yeah. imitate a white man, which is yeah. one of my favorite lines from the iconic 48 Hours, one of my favorite movies of this era. Yeah, so good. So I just, that one just made me chuckle, which I was so wondering good. if that was, um, if that was scripted or, or just a Rode, Rode Rodriguez special. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it feels Rode Rodriguez special to me. I think it might have been. Um, okay. So back at the office, yes, yeah, Donnie Lieberman sleeps on the chairs. He mentions he works for a courier service that caters to biomedical companies. And that last night he got very drunk. And when he woke up this morning, uh, the cooler was transporting for Genutech was missing that he was transporting. Yes. It contained the deadly Thornburg virus, whose symptoms include headache, weakness, and bleeding from the eyes. He also says he is missing an antique gold watch given to him by his father. Back at the convenience store, the lady from earlier starts bleeding from the eyes before she falls <gasps> down dead and wearing a gold watch, I might add. Cue the theme song. Sean and Gus visit the crime scene where Sean psychically reveals that the woman died from the Thornburg virus. Sean so also if she this. died, the yeah. question really, and the question of the episode is, was she murdered? <laughs> question mark. Question mark. Let's Thank find out. You'll have to stay stay tuned out. and we'll find out. So Sean also noticed she's wearing an antique gold watch. If she took Danny, Donnie's watch, she probably took the cooler too. Then the gang teases Sean about his fear of Patrick Dempsey. This was so funny. Simply because he's jealous of Dempsey's incredible hair. Back at the psych office, Which Sean I never and realized Gus- that this episode goes in our um our homage episodes. Like it really is an homage to uh, outbreak and uh, yeah. contagion. Which at the time it took me it took me like halfway through watching it to go, oh, this is an homage episode. Um yeah. Yeah. One of the things our show does so well. It's a world, right? We do go into this world of like of the the what we've lived. <laughs> what we've lived. Um okay. Hold <laughs> or on. What we Debs will is- come to live. Back at the psych office, Sean and Gus force Donnie to remember what he saw at the bar last night, which leads them to a tiki bar. Donnie remembers that he and dead woman were drinking together in last night. When the boys get there, the bartender immediately recognizes Donnie and tells them Donnie left with a hot brunette named Ginger. 
Then a really weird run about gingers goes on. Sean figures Donnie uh, <laughs> took her back to his room, and when they get there, Sean sees clues leading him to conclude Ginger was a prostitute who targeted Donnie in order to rob him. That's when Juliet calls Sean to tell him he was right about the woman dying of Thornburg. She's at the victim's apartment now, where the cops discovered $10,000 in cash and a key to a hotel room just a few doors down from Donnie's room. Sean, Gus, and Donnie run to the room where they find an empty box of latex gloves. There's an she- amazing O'Hara line in here. Uh, which one? Wait, really? When um, did I miss it? When uh, Sean reveals that she is a um, sex worker. Oh, and um, and I say, and I'm goes, like, she's got a nice well, place. Well, if she's a hooker. She must be really. She must be really good at it because this place is sick. Yeah, <laughs> so it was a very funny. So uh, random O'Hara for Juliet to say that. By the way, uh, it was very funny. And I'm like, I, I, I wrote down what's so bad about gingers? Because <laughs> they're literally just like, oh, there's only two good gingers or something on the planet. Um, women named ginger, meaning. And then uh, <laughs> when I call him and I'm like, Sean, you were right. He's like, about Atlantis? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, that was very funny. Um, Okay, hold on. Sean That's when Sean figures out that someone hired Ginger to rob Donnie and steal the cooler. And the person who booked the room paid in cash and went by the name Val Kilmer. <laughs> Yay, Val Our, Kilmer uh, reference. Reference. We haven't had one of those in a while. No, I know. Okay, then Sean then finds a map of coffee with attitude where he and the gang uh, where he and the gang visit to look for clues. Just before they enter, Sean notices a broken vial inside and <laughs> locks the doors with a broom barring anyone from going in or out of the shop. Cut to Lassie getting an outdoor bath. <laughs> was so cute. Okay, hang on. So We're this is now cute. the decontamination shower scene. Yes. Which is, for Stick Arms Amundsen, his greatest nightmare and my greatest nightmare. Especially having to be... Um, luckily, they, they went waste up, so you didn't get my belly. But um, still enough of... You got enough of um, stirring a bush up to oh, yeah. see the um, much evidence of the stick arm Amundsen arms. And uh, so this was rough because I'm also standing back next to a Dulay Hill who has grapefruits for shoulders. <laughs> grapefruits, that's so cute. That's so cute. Um, but okay. luckily, blessedly, the, um, I think I played, was it Donnie is, is the um, the courier? Um, yeah. Donnie is also nearby me. So the shot yeah. goes from me to Donnie to Dulay. And Donnie is a very 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 skinny man no offense donnie not skinny shaming you at all but it made me in my um underdeveloped musculature feel um much better when when watching the episode back this morning going oh thank goodness by comparison because it goes again it goes from dule being super muscular to uh to donnie and then back to me so it it was a um it was not as um humiliating as it definitely could have been Oh, I, I think it, I thought you looked great. I thought everybody did. I love this scene. I think it's so cute. We were, it was such a bonding day for us. It was, we were all in it together. We were all in it together. We all were, we were, that's true. We were all in it. But um, um, not everyone <laughs> like me was in the, um, the dressing area um, doing push-ups just before the scene. I mean, I'm sure not the Dulé or James needed to, but I certainly needed to do some quick push-ups. I think most actors do quick push-ups no matter how they look before scenes. You you know that. Any scene where they have to have their shirt off. Most actors you will find in a, in some corner somewhere doing quick push-ups before their Or curls with, with um, sandbags. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Ready? Continuing. Go. But okay. thank you for all that, my friend. I That makes me feel sure. better. Yes. And less Cut humiliated. To it's out there in Cut the to world. Ketelesi getting an outdoor bath in case uh, in case he was contaminated by the virus. McNabb walks over and can't help but chuckle. For the f- second time in the episode, Lassie yells out, who the hell are you, to Donnie. <laughs> As he and one of the out great his iconic lines himself. of, yeah, I'm not big on nude handshakes. Yeah, is in this so scene. good. So good. Hey, I'm Donnie, and I'm the guy that caused this whole thing. That's what he <laughs> says. It's very cute. While the gang all take their outside showers, Sean shampoos himself because he always carries a small bottle of baby shampoo with him. No more tears, Jules. That's I love that line. After they are decontaminated and cleared, the group meets Stephen Reedman from the CDC at the hospital. Sean questions if he's actually qualified to be a doctor, and when Dr. Reedman pulls out a stethoscope from his pocket, Sean gives him the okay. Reedman, played by yeah. the iconic, you say it, Judd Nelson. In fact, Devin just texted me and said, we're just calling him Dr. Judd Nelson for the rest of this uh, I like Dr. The Judd rest Nelson. of this episode. Who, um, obviously, we do not need to explain who Dr. Judd Nelson is. Part of our very, very, very no. important gets of the Breakfast Club. Yes. Was this, no, I think he was number two. Um, yeah, because we, we already had, Allie. had uh, Allie. Right? Yeah, we had already yes, had Yes, we, we'd had Allie and um, yeah. Yin or Yang. I always get this mixed up. Um, Yang. First one was Yang. With Alan um, Yang. Yeah. So this was really, really special for us. I mean, James was losing his mind quite a bit. And we all were, actually. But this, it was like, it was what, such a fun character for him to come play. And he did a whole funny thing with it. It was, it was, it was cool. He was very, um, yeah, he, he was very funny as this kook. Yeah. Okay. Sean questions if he's really, blah, 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 doctor, people are okay. Reeman tells them that the, that, oh, I'm sorry. I'll just say Judd Nelson tells them that only two people from the cafe are showing Thornburg symptoms and that the disease isn't airborne. Luckily, a lab only two hours away has been working on an antiviral for Thornburg, which is already en route to them. Yes. There's a very funny bit exchange between um, Sean and Dr. Judd Nelson, where Sean says, what do you think of Lazarus hair? And, and he says um, something effective. Well, if he uh, let it grow out, it would make his ears stick out less. Yes. Which is a psychic premonition because every time I'm getting a haircut, Allison says, don't go too short on the sides because you know how it makes your ears stick out. <laughs> because I, for a while, I, I went stuff. back after my, um, that thing that happened that was in all the papers. What? Yeah. I this, my guy, this thing, it was like this horrible, scary, uh, life-changing medical event. But oh, I'm okay. I didn't know. Okay. I'm so happy. I didn't know. Thanks. So I, I tried to go back to um, last year's season eight hair, which was, you know, the, the cool undercut with super high and tight, tight on the sides, really. And then I, so I went back to that one haircut and then we realized, oh, this does not look as good as it used to because for many reasons. But um, so, yeah, so every time else it's like, don't go too short on the sides. So now I have to tell uh, our friend Amy McHale, um, don't bother bringing the clippers because we're not going to use them. <laughs> And all is it because of the episode, or is this just because of of your own feelings around it? Yeah, uh, no, it's because of my own feelings around it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think your hair looks great. Whatever well, you're doing, thank it looks you. Great. Okay, but uh, with it, the they definitely the uh, the ears do um, pop out a little bit more when I go, when I buzz it on the sides. Um, I, I want to see it. But thank point. you. Hey, remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself you'd stick to? HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, taking the hassle out of dinner time. Get HelloFresh, 
and skip that extra trip to the grocery store and the long checkout lines. Spend more time doing the things you love. Chef-crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep. HelloFresh now has 40 weekly recipes to choose from so you can say bye-bye to your recipe rut and treat yourself and your family to exciting new flavors every week. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You will love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. No matter your lifestyle or meal preferences, HelloFresh has recipes sure to please everyone at your table. From fit and wholesome to veggie or family-friendly, you will always find something even the pickiest eaters will enjoy. You can customize select meals by swapping proteins or sides or even adding protein to a veggie dish. And now you can even upgrade for organic chicken or organic ground beef. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards mean you can get a delicious home-cooked dinner on the table without all the time-consuming meal planning or prepping. The other night, I made the mushroom and black bean burgers with a side salad, like potato wedges, herby mayo. Oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. And the best part is it only took 35 minutes. That's less than an entire episode of Psych. I love that HelloFresh takes the fear away from what are we having for dinner. I know exactly what I'm having, how I'm making it, and the ingredients are sent straight to my house. If you are looking for an easy way to eat well and save money, go to HelloFresh.com Pineapple65 and use code Pineapple65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's a huge discount. That's HelloFresh.com Pineapple65, code Pineapple65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Enjoy. I can't say enough about this. I really was worried. I was ta- getting a lot of takeout. I was, uh, I was, uh, it was, it was getting out of hand. HelloFresh has helped me come back, cook at home, save money. And the recipes are honestly to a T. They're so easy to follow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, with the public health threat contained, except that one, uh, except the one that is Lassiter's hair, as Sean jokes, Sean and Gus talked to the victims in ha- hazmat suits, hoping they saw who left the vial at the cafe, but neither one of them noticed anything suspicious. The bit with these hazmat suits is so freaking funny to me, with his <laughs> phone a- going off, and they're back and forth, and Dulé, like, hitting on the thing. Oh, it was just, it was so classic- Sean and Gus. Um, now, I think these are the actual suits. I mean, the style of suits they used in Contagion. and Or no, Outbreak was before Contagion, I think. Yeah. I, I literally wrote back hazmat scenes. So funny. Um, yeah. I'm not sure the years on those. But okay. As the guys are leaving, they see the antiviral arrive. And the lab it was shipped from is Genutech. Sean doesn't believe that's a, co- a coincidence. And Gus head back to the lab. Sean and Gus meet a lab tech that tells them that he shipped all the antiviral to the hospital because they had underestimated the dose it would take to cure the virus. And unfortunately, they can't make any more because their lab was shut down a week ago. He tells Sounds them Dr. like something nefarious is happening to me, Mags. Yeah, same. Same. He tells them Dr. Tony Mallon, uh, huh. who was running the lab, lost funding. But now that... I hope I'm saying that right, too. But now that there's an outbreak, they could be starting back up again. Sean realizes that Malin probably created the outbreak to justify further funding of his work. Sean then asks if the lab has any radioactive spiders. Sean looks through the personal junk box Malin left in the lab and finds a bus schedule, a theater program, and a photo of him in front of a log cabin. Sean realizes Malin was one of the victims in the hospital earlier and that they've luckily got the culprit locked up in quarantine. Sean calls Juliet to warn her, but she unfortunately breaks the news that Malin already broke out before he was treated with the antiviral. 
Sean says he must have had his own stash somewhere, but at least he doesn't have any more Thornburg to release. That's when the lab tech overhears this. This lab tech was very kooky, by the way. And correct Sean mentioning they were actually there were actually two more vials that are missing. Back at the station, Lassie and Jules chat at their desk, where Lassie gives her advice in the most pompous way. <laughs> I love this. Then scene. Uh, me too. And then Jules leads. Uh, then uh, Jules then leads the talk. Well, attempts to lead the talk about who the suspect is. And Sean remembers the bus schedule in the theater program. But the back and forth we have of like wanting to break this news and being competitive is uh, it's good. Uh, Sean remembers the bus schedule and the theater program and defines that Malin will be at one of those two places. Dr. Judd Nelson then asks for a sample of Sean's psychic DNA and Gus Dr. mentions Judd he's, the, <laughs> <laughs> he's the brains behind the operation, so he should ask for his DNA. But the doctor wasn't interested. Instead, more interested in the shape of Gus's head. The gang arrives at the bus stop to find Malin where Lassie steps on glass. Uh, when Lassie steps on glass. That's when we all gasp because our beloved officer may have broken the second missing vial of the disease. Ruh-roh. Luckily, it was just, just a light bulb. Lassiter then yells at Sean to go hide in a bathroom, and that's when Sean spots him. Malin begins to take off, losing one of the vials in the process. Sean is able to recover the vial before it is compromised, but Malin gets away. Lassiter yells at Sean, and that's when Sean realizes that Malin is sick because he didn't know he needed a bigger dose of the antiviral. He figures Malin is heading back to the hospital for more, and he and Gus and Juliet are able to corner him there. Uh, Sean offers to trade the cure for the last vial, and Malin agrees, handing over the cooler. As Juliet checks its contents, she cuts herself on the broken vial inside. Sean turns back to Malin for the last of the cure, but it's too late for both of them. Spooky. I really oversold the cut, by the way. Do, I disagree. Scene, I literally am like, ow. Anyway, I thought it was very big. Um, Malin says there is more antiviral, but it's two hours away. He says the word Victoria, and then he dies. Dr. Judd Nelson puts Juliet into a quarantine as Sean, Gus, and Lassiter try to decipher what Malin meant by his last word. Sean notices the Genutech logo is a cabin and remembers the picture in the lab. Uh, Sean realizes the Victoria is the lake where Malin's cabin is located. Malin must have the antiviral stashed at his cabin. Lassiter and Sean race out as Gus stays with Juliet. At the cabin, Lassiter and Sean are met by a raging Rottweiler, where Lassiter immediately pulls his gun out. Perfect timing, as Tim just got a new puppy. <laughs> Gus sits in the waiting room wearing a mask and gloves, trying to calm Jules down. Uh, Sean puts on Lassiter's baseball catcher's gear and runs through the yard to distract the dog. As Lass, This was a great bit between the two of you guys, by the way. And uh, Lassie runs inside for the cure. The two get back to the hospital in time, but Dr. Judd Nelson tells Gus she doesn't need it. Juliet was lucky and never contracted the virus. Sean realizes... I feel like that that cabin was the cabin we used for um, Lassie Jerky. I believe it is. I was going to say that too. I think it's the same cabin. Psychos, make the comparison. Let us know. Look, if both of us are thinking it and it's our damn show, I think that we uh, can say yes, we are smart enough to know that it was the same cabin because we were actually there performing on the television program at the time. That's true. Psychos, save your energy. We got this one right. Uh, Sean realizes it was too close a call and goes to Juliet to finally tell her how he feels about her. But before Aww. he can finish, I know, Gus interrupts him mentioning Jules doesn't have the virus. Then Sean mentions he still wants to say what he was going to earlier. He gives a beautiful metaphor about cereal boxes and how he doesn't want to miss out on the on the prize. Then he gets interrupted by Lassiter this time. 
uh, oh, by Lassiter this time, who is ecstatic that his partner is going to be okay. For some reason, the timing is never right between the two of them. Back in the hospital lobby, Donnie then realizes another girl used him again after his watch went missing for the second time. Back at the psych office, um, Dr. Judd Nelson mentions he won't leave until Sean gives him his DNA and he begins to measure Gus's head. Um, yay. Okay. That's our episode, you guys. We have fan questions, too. But we podcast um, the shit out of that, Maggie. Thank you. We'll dive right into these questions, Tim. Fan questions. Questions, fan questions. Okay. You've, you've got questions. queries. We've got answers. Woohoo! Who is the biggest baby when they get sick? Definitely. Oh, I was just about to say. Probably Tim. No. I feel like you're the strongest person I know. No. But do you. do you milk um, it, though? You're like, a like I'm sick. I'm going to milk it. I, to the point where um, I almost get nervous to tell Allison if I'm getting a cold because she's like, oh, God, the baby's here now. <laughs> yes, I do milk it. I'm the opposite. I'm a denier. I literally will just be like, I'm fine. What do you mean I'm fine? Uh, okay. Tim, do you wish Sean and Lassie had more partnership moments in the series? Interesting. I do because um, I love working with Rodé Rodriguez so much. Anyway, so the answer is yes. In my long-winded diatribe, yes. Yeah, I would like that too. Um, but on the other hand, no, because it would mean less time for Alaska and O'Hara. I know that was my only. I got a little jealous. I got a little. So jealous. my ultimate answer is no. Thank you. Okay, You're who welcome. do you think would actually be the most calm during an emergency like this one? Hmm. Can I tell you? I feel like we all have pretty good, like crisis heads on our shoulders i feel like probably kirsten i could see being like like all of us would go into probably survival and i think Chris, kirsten could stay very like a step by step anyway i my first impulse was kirsten all right let's go kirsten see i mean our, also our the evil the even killed mother of two yeah yeah and that yeah um, what was it like to film the par parking lot shower scene? Was the water at least warm? <laughs> they warmed it, but they still did. never warm enough. <laughs> never. They always say, don't worry, the water's going to be warm if you're doing anything outside or anything in like water. And it's always like, yeah, it's never, it's never actually warm enough, but it's not cold. So we're not complaining, but that was very, I remember that day. I remember walking up that day and being like, all right, here we go. <laughs> This is the this is the biggest bonding scene we've all had. <laughs> and where am I supposed to take my clothes off and then walk around in front of my crew? Grunner yeah. had a towel on, but still, yeah, <laughs> bare chested and um, stick armed, um, shy. No, I, I mean we all everybody's shy. I I feel like it. You look you looked great, Tim. Um, You're a good friend, Maggie. Was, oh, the water was warm. Okay, what was it like watching the episode post global pandemic? Honestly, I tr I really was uncomfortable. But I just think the biggest thing for me was was the fact that we did this episode, read the script, you know, watched these movies, Outbreak, Contagion, yada, yada. And it just didn't seem even within a realm of possibility that that could ever really happen. And then it did. So that's more what I was thinking of how like how innocent it was we were at the time. I 100% concur. Um, okay, do you think Sean would have confessed his feelings for Jules if Lassie and Gus didn't interrupt? Ah, uh, that's a really good question. Um, 
feel I feel like he was really going there. But my gut says no. My gut says something would have distracted him. Something would have like pulled him out of it if it could. Um, thoughts? Do you I'm think he would say, have? Um, yes, I think he would have. You do? Okay. I kind of feel like he would have bailed, but I, I'm I'm on the fence about it. I really am. I was like, I eh, think he would have seen- started to bail and then stopped himself and really dug in and realized yeah. what's important in the world. Yeah, because that's a, a scary thing to go through. That's a that's a big deal. Um, okay, that was our fan questions. That's our episode, Tim. This was that's a really great one. Episode death is in the air. Yay, Yay, death, almost murder is in the air. <laughs> exactly. That was a roundabout one. This one is, I like that. I like it. Um, this was so fun. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, Tim, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Uh, no, just again, like you get to, you see Dr. Judd Nelson and the real Judd Nelson mm-hmm. in a role like this and realize how stupid funny he is and why he is the icon that we grew up watching yeah. or I grew up watching. And some of you youngins might have as well. Agreed. I think he's so funny in this and he re- he really did come to play. It was such a fun thing for us and, you know, is, a, is an icon. And now it's uh, a psychon. A psychon! <laughs> well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Okay, I think we can sign off on that note. Love right. you, Tim. Love you, Maggie. What a crazy episode to watch after living through a global pandemic. It is crazy to think that so many TV shows were out there predicting these types of things way in advance. Anyway, um, see you next week where we talk about season four, episode 14, Think Tank, with the one and only Marco Ciccone. Finally, we are so happy to have him. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologist Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. Please also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologists are in for full episodes of the pod and all kinds of fun things. You might even get a chance to be um, on the podcast with us. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.